I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. All right, listeners. So very exciting moment. We have an animal story. Not to build it up or anything. Not to build it up or anything. (laughs) I feel like Sarah, I, I introduce as like I said to Sarah, like it's, I have an animal story, but don't be expecting too much. Like it's not a like escaping snail level animal story. Like Celine, this is like, but like now every time I come across animals, like in like urban, <laughs> in the urban environment that I live in, I immediately think of you, Sarah, and this podcast. Um, so today, like funny story. So I have been, I'm in Vancouver right now. Um, and doing meetings and like Ashley and I, um, were meeting in North van. And then like, I came back like over the bridge. It's a bit of like an epic journey. There's a ton of traffic. Like you're in, like came back into like Maine downtown Vancouver. And then we had gone our separate ways and I had, um, we'd gone our separate ways for like an hour and a half or so over lunch. And then we were reconvening over here and like at this stoplight, like a few blocks from where we were meeting, I, I look over and like Ashley's like waving like a crazy lady out of her car. Like we just happened to be like right beside each other at this. Like we were both turning right. There was two right turning lanes. Like imagine like we're like right downtown. There's like bright lights, big city, like massive buildings, whatever. We turn the <laughs> we turn the right and the right. And like there's this flock of geese like <laughs> crossing the road, like the middle of downtown Vancouver. And like Ashley, actually I noticed it first because like Ashley stopped her car. And I was like, why are you stopping? Like, what's going on? And then I looked and there were like geese crossing, but like they had only crossed in front of her car so far. <laughs> so like I stuck through because <laughs> they had started crossing one lane, but they hadn't fully like, they hadn't got to my lane yet. So I like stuck through and then like, a, like the a load of cars behind me were stuck while this whole like what's it what's a group of geese a flock Flock. well the whole flock just like walks across the road so ashley sent me pictures later like because i got to like where we were meant to meet i'm like where are you she's like i'm still sitting behind the goose crossing yeah so like she was like later just like sat there (laughs) and i just like stuck i just like like it was like i saw where they were and i knew i wasn't gonna hit one and i just like hit the accelerator like just and i like (laughs) zoomed through before the geese crossing. you do not stop crossing geese (laughs) <laughs> well i do if i'm gonna hit i do if i'm gonna hit a goose okay but but as this far was as like, you know goose hit free <laughs> yeah I, I managed to sneak through before a like massive line like before the geese caused like a massive traffic jam in downtown vancouver so that was pretty fun part of my day not you know not what you expect in an urban environment but exactly yeah that's really cute Nice. Mm-hmm. So there we go. See, there was a, like solidly mediocre animal story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm but I hear you smell were... like. Oh, uh, I was going to say. I, I'm guessing that these are Canada geese. These are Canada geese. Yeah. Are there other kinds of geese? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> yes, they're Canada geese. They're fairly large animals. Um, but speaking of animals, I hear you smell like vomit. Yeah, I mean, thankfully it's it's baby vomit. But I just noticed it before we started recording. Um, yeah, we're doing sleep training, and my um, my badass sister in law, pediatrician, mama for she is really big into the cried out method. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you shut the door and you just let your child cry all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets very upset and he's, I don't know. It's at least it's not my vomit. Right. So I actually kind of broke down, uh, and fed him before the podcast mm-hmm. because Ben put him to bed and he did not eat nearly enough. Um, so normally I'm supposed to close the door and just that's it. But then I found out how much he ate. I'm like, Ben, that is not enough to let him to have him go through the night. So I went in there because he was screaming mm-hmm. and there was baby vomit, you know, apparently involved in the process. Involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I, understand. I love how you like. <laughs> You have to be clear. At least it's baby vomit. Like it's not like <laughs> dog vomit or any other kind of vomit. Well, I just, I don't know. Like baby vomit's pretty innocuous stuff. Same thing with it like, is, like it is until I've they been, start eating real food. Yeah. But I've been, I've had all sorts of bodily functions from the baby on me at this point. Um, I mean, especially with a boy. Uh, I've been sprayed a few times, which is hilarious. Um, But like, you know, if an adult male peed on me, I wouldn't be into that. But like a baby, (laughs) (laughs) like a baby, whatever. No big deal. Good to know. TMI. You are taking it there. I'm just saying in general. Sorry. Yeah, that was my brain. Totally. <laughs> that was totally my brain. Um, okay. I had. I actually had Sarah smells like baby vomit. Like it's on the show now. Like on, the, on the run list. I don't know. I don't know what, what Kelly thinks of what this podcast has become, but um, <laughs> okay. Coming up on the show um we're going to continue to do a little move update we have a nice rant from a listener uh late season racing we'll chat about that and road trip woes women have unique physiology and deserve a training plan that honors this sign up for the first of its kind women specific online group training program and join a movement of empowered women ready to harness the power of their physiology Introducing Vicey Triathlon Coaching, led by expert coaches Miranda Bush and Jamila Gale Eggins. For just $99 a month, you'll get a monthly women-specific training plan, Zoom rides, AMA sessions, membership to the Feisty team, and more. You'll also get a female athlete guide that provides you with the power to better understand your body and how to get the most from your training. Launching December 1st, 2021 with limited spots available. Go to FeistyTriathlon.com and click the link for coaching so you can be the first to know when it opens and receive a special price for the first four months. That's FeistyTriathlon.com. The link will also be in the show notes of this episode. The future of women's triathlon training is here. (laughs) 
every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. All right, Sarah. So I know you have fully moved. Is that correct? What's, fully what's moved. the status? Well, what is the status update? Here? No, not fully moved. Like, so we're not looking for a fully move for another two to three months. So like essentially the status update is that I, the flooding has for now stopped in my rental property that I'm hoping to sell. Um, and I'm now like starting like the, it's like, I'm not doing a renovation or anything, but like the minor upgrades that I'm doing in order to put it on the market. So like I'm in that process and Rosalie and I moved um, to an Airbnb downtown Um, and interestingly, I have only just realized that I'm homeless. (laughs) And so like, I did have that, like, so, cause for a while I've been like, I'm going to like consolidate like my two properties so I can get into something nicer. Like the condo's too small, whatever. Like I've been thinking that for a long time. And then I thought, okay, I need to take the first steps. So I sold the first condo. Like, and as I've been taking the steps, I've kind of come to a point where I realized that like, okay, now I've taken like enough steps that I'm in, like I'm I'm fully committed to this. Like we're definitely, I definitely need at some point to find a new property, but like, I haven't got there yet. So like I'm essentially homeless until that process happens. So until I can sell the other one, yada, yada. So it's a little, I suddenly had this moment where I'm like, oh, that's mildly stressful. Yeah. But only because you you're used to being a homeowner. Like you're not an unhoused person. Mm, okay, I'm I'm going to like caveat this because like oh. honestly, if the like if the market wasn't what it is in Victoria, like I might consider renting long term. Mm-hmm. Um I have no I'm not someone who's like really attached to like owning property, right? Yeah. Um one of the challenges is that like the 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 market in Victoria first of all like to buy a property is insane. Like the average house price has gone up by like $300,000 since like 2020 or something. Oh yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It's like next level insanity. Um, And then, so it's hard to find a property, but the rental market has gone with it. Right. So like for me to find, even if I wanted to find, like, that's why I'm in an Airbnb instead of a regular rental, like, because I, it would be difficult to find someone who wanting to rent to me for four months or six months when they can just get a renter in there that's willing to commit to a year. Um, and also like actually finding a property is difficult, right? So like, you're yeah. like competing against like 17 other people with like applications to find, um, a wow. rental. So uh, renting, like renting long-term isn't actually totally off the table for me if I don't find the right property that I want, but it's also a process. <laughs> like it's also like not a guaranteed. So that's, I think that's part of what 
adds a little extra stress factor for me is that like the reason that we're in an Airbnb is because like finding a three month rental was just like not, unless you found someone, I did find a couple that were like a couple people that were going away on going away for the winter. Right. But they also had like 1200 applications for, you know, um, I almost got one and then he had already promised it to someone else. So, so I can, I can see how this is really stressful because you, uh, at the end of the Airbnb, hopefully you have a place to move. Hopefully but you don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's like really stressful. It's like, I just like carried on through the steps and then had this moment where like, I realized, oh, actually like I've taken a, la- a layer of something I can depend on out of my mm. life. Yeah. You know, like this is that layer of like um, certainty that mm. like, I think, I think in general things are a lot less certain than we actually think. Like we just right. like trick our brains into thinking that things are certain, like our job and our home and like not like living in a country that's not war torn or that's like not like this flooding or not flooding, like all of those things. I think there's actually a lot less certainty than our brains actually can handle. So we just assume things are certain. Um, But like I did have, yeah, it was just like this. Oh, I actually have kind of like thrown myself into the wind a little bit. (laughs) So, well, it's okay. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hopefully in a couple months. You're not it's gonna all going to work out, out great. It's going to mm. work out. Now, it's going to work out great. Staying is staying in Vic. That is the only option, obviously, because yeah, well, because Rosie's yeah. dad lives in Vic. Yeah. Um. So, like, for now, for the next sort of seven, yeah. eight years, I'll be in Vic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I can't wait for the status updates. Like <laughs> between that and the earwax, we, we just had the earwax. <laughs> Speaking of which. Seriously, we heard, we heard no. I, I'll give you. I, I'll give you. Okay, you want the earwax update? The reason this came up is because we have a, we have a um, rant like a yes. voicemail from a listener. <laughs> so I'm gonna preempt with this because then we can comment on other things after we listen to Jocelyn's voicemail. But at the end of her voicemail, um, what do you call it when you, when you like give away the ending? The reveal. <laughs> I don't know. No. Oh, spoiler. This is spoiler. a spoiler. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of Jocelyn's, at the end of Jocelyn's voice memo, she asks me about my earwax situation. So I actually have bad news about the earwax situation because it did appear at Alyssa's, okay. Alyssa's suggestion about steam was actually really good. Even though I didn't get the results that like she described from like putting hot water in and getting chunks out, like steam actually helps it a lot. Um, I've now learned, but like, so I like stood in hot showers like a few times and like, it's, it kind of like opened up enough that I could hear better or whatever. So I knew it was like not fixed, but way better. And I've been like sitting with a status quo for quite a long time. Um, and then I went swimming yesterday morning and it's back and yeah, swimming actually like just brings it back. Like something about getting a little water in there makes it like, wow, crazy. Mm-hmm. So, so now I, I have to do steam treatment again. I do have to say that since listening to your ear woes, uh, I inspect the baby's ears all the time. <laughs> and Ben's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just digging out some earwax right now. Just don't mind me. He's like, you're being a little aggressive. <laughs> but is this my solution? Like, I, you need to come over. Do I need to fly I, you up here and get you to dig get in my there with my fingers? <laughs> no. <laughs> We don't want to take our relationship, relationship. to the yeah. next, yeah, the next I also, level. 
I also have picked his nose. So, <laughs> right. Oh, what, what are my friends? We're not telling, there. One of my friends was telling me about like this is gross. Sorry, everyone. But like, like when your baby has a cold and like sucking the snot out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've I done. never did that. Yeah. Well, you, you buy a so- snot sucker. Yeah. I don't want to suck like it a out. Fil- but there's a filter and everything. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. yeah sure. It's totally fun. Like you, you spray some saline oh. solution in the nostrils, suck it out. It's, oh, I was not told about that. I was only I guess, told about. I guess probably you could just like put your mouth. Ma- oh. <laughs> anyway, let's, like, let's listen I to can't. the voicemail. Sarah and Sarah. I have a rant. This is Jocelyn, by the way. Longtime listener and frequent caller. Um, so my baby girl just turned one. And we had a Mickey Mouse birthday party. This is kind of a rant about the lack of gender-neutral clothes for babies. She likes Mickey Mouse because her dad will watch cartoons with her and they got hooked on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. She's also Year of the Mouse or Year of the Rat in a Chinese Zodiac. So we had a Mickey Mouse-themed birthday. She's a girl. Um... And apparently, all the Mickey Mouse clothes are in the boys section, and I'm kind of annoyed that people just assume that since she's a girl, she likes Minnie Mouse. Minnie with the pink bow and the, like, annoying, super airheady, girly voice, whatever, Minnie. So... She got all these gifts that were Minnie Mouse because people assume she's a girl, she likes Minnie Mouse, everything's pink, pink Minnie Mouse duffel bag with my baby's name personalized on it, so of course that's not returnable. Um, Minnie Mouse beanie with matching Minnie Mouse mittens, which sure, they're cute, but you could have gotten the Mickey ones. Um, And... Yeah, it's been really hard getting her clothes that aren't, like, super girly, girly, girly. Um, Our first year, we got a lot of hand-me-downs, so fine, whatever. We'll put her in the pink clothes and stuff because, you know, babies are expensive and we're getting these hand-me-downs and they're great. But... If you try to find gender-neutral clothing, it's like gray, white, and black. If you like, actually look on Target's website and you like hit the filter for gender-neutral, it's so stupid. So there were times when if I had to buy an outfit, I would check out the boy section because there was like lots of cute clothes in the boy section that weren't necessarily even like boy-themed, whatever that even means. It's so dumb. The whole thing makes me really mad because I've also had her in a cute teal-colored outfit, gone to a new doctor's appointment, and the doctor was like, hey there, little fella, and did you even look at her chart to see if you were seeing a boy or a girl? Little fella? Oh my gosh. So stupid. Ugh. Anyway... Love the podcast. Um, I do have this really cute blue 
vest that I got for her from REI that has like a little Shrek hood like with the Shrek ears and now when she wears it I think of you Sarah Gross and your earwax problem because of the scene from Shrek with the earwax candle and we haven't had an earwax update in a while so fill us in awesome okay so could I just say, first of all, Jocelyn, thank you for your rant. We love a good rant around Oh, here. that's a good one, too. Um, before I comment on gender-neutral clothing, whatever, I feel like Jocelyn was a little bit judgmental about Minnie. <laughs> Can I just put that oh, on? Oh, yeah. There? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Minnie is kind of lame compared to Mickey. I think we no, all can agree true, on that. It's true, but I, yeah. I don't want to. It's like one of these things like where it's like, I don't want to call other, like I want to call a female creature lame. Like, I'm just like, I just feel really sorry for Minnie that she grew up in a time when yeah. like, like feminine things like bows and, and just like kind of pink. vapid, like, yeah, like that, is really, that yeah. that was considered normal. Like, yeah. so, or that was considered like, that was, these are like feminine characteristics. So like, I just feel sorry for Minnie. Like, I just like have a little bit of empathy <laughs> for like poor Minnie, like born in the wrong time, you know, Jocelyn um, hates <laughs> Minnie. <laughs> I mean, understandably, but yeah, I just had some empathy there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I definitely, what I, sorry, just like reading between the lines. I know this wasn't what Jocelyn was singing, but like, sometimes I think it's like when I see like the, all the gendered clothing that we still have, despite the fact that we talk about like not wanting to have our kids have gendered clothing or whatever, but still there's like very few options that aren't gendered. Right. And then often like people with girls are much more comfortable putting their kids in like clothing that's boys clothing then like a person who has a boy is comfortable putting their their baby in like girl clothing which I still like I also think is like like problematic and like complicated you know you know um, I, got, I got some hand-me-downs there's there's some pink I don't care I'll put a minute perfect I love that it, can, it confuses people I don't care <laughs> <laughs> Another friend of mine, like, just when you thought, like, just when you think, like, gender stereotypes are dying, like, I, another friend of mine said that, like, she bought a brand new stroller that's, like, purple um, off of someone, and she's, like, and she got there, and the person had, like, a baby the same age as her baby. She's, like, oh, why are you selling the stroller? It was brand new. She yeah. hadn't used it. She said, oh, it's purple. I don't want to confuse my son. What? <laughs> yeah. It's a baby. He doesn't care. Yeah. And then she was like, well, I don't think my son's going to be confused. So he's going yeah. in his purple stroller. <laughs> like, That's what? Really funny. Um, uh, but sorry, I, back to just to go back to Jocelyn. Like, I yeah. feel for her and the like, um, yeah, like I would rather like, first of all, I'd rather dissociate color from like mm. gender, right? In a way that like, um, especially in a way that's like valued not or not valued like how more I don't like how like more people hate pink than they hate blue like mm. generally yeah. speaking like some people have a strong distaste for pink and I feel like that's kind of like related to our like internalized sense of like gender and value around gender um but also like I yeah it would be nice it would also be nice if like clothing aside folks didn't care so much like what gender your kid was like the you know or what that wasn't the first comment or the first question or mm. You know, like that, like I'm having a healthy baby, like I'm happy, like <laughs> whatever. The, fa the facts of pediatrician didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not good. Mm -hmm. Although, 
I, yeah, I guess, I guess it happens probably pretty frequently. If you, if you're going from patient to patient very quickly, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we can have a whole other completely uninformed conversation about, you know, the healthcare system and (laughs) yeah, well, and I'm willing to bet that like, so, okay, there, if that pediatrician is going from baby to baby quickly, right. That person has probably also learned a pattern in which boys are dressed in a certain thing and girls are dressed in a certain thing. And it's responding in an immediate sense to like how they normally see a kid dressed. Um, so this is, this is very specific to Jocelyn. Uh, but I would check out if you haven't already H and M, their their gender neutral stuff's pretty good, and they mm. also have a lot of Mickey kids clothes that I I feel like would oh, you know Mickey. yeah yeah I I I remember this popping up, uh, but I I got I put on the gender neutral filter for some some new onesies for for Hawk, and I was I was pretty impressed by some of them. Like mm. it, it wasn't just boring lame stuff. So that's yeah. a good tip. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> like I said, the 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 Mickey clothes, the Mickey baby clothes that would suit any kid. Um, I I think I did see them on there. So there you go. Someone told me that our podcast is becoming the baby podcast, and I'm, I'm like, sorry. We're just no, we're just gonna own that. That's just like it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we 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 will go back to talking about triathlon and you know. Sarah's medical woes. Um, yeah, we've covered earwax and snot also. So I don't know what people are complaining about. Um, okay, let's talk about triathlon. Um, oh. late, late season racing, Sarah, it's December. Um, did you ever ra- race late in the season? Not December, but November. And mm-hmm. I always found that I actually raced pretty well this, you know, later in the year. Mm-hmm. I think because I was a really slow starter for the year. So mm-hmm. if I raced in like, March, April, there would be very subpar performances. Um, and by the time, like if I did some of the later races, I would, I would be maintaining good fitness through, mm-hmm. uh, while other people kind of would have tapered off at that point. Right. Um, but it's, it's such, a, it's such an interesting, I don't, I definitely didn't race in December and this past weekend we had a bunch of races, I think it's pretty much it for the North American calendar for the year. I mean, there are only a few more weeks. I know mm-hmm. you did quite a few, like I ran Arizona's late. Yeah. And I would, I went to um, Western Australia too, which is early December. Sometimes I've been to Cozumel. Did, did you train like at home at that time? Like, did you train in a place that had fall or did you go somewhere for a warmer camp before those late season races? Uh, depends. Most, yeah. most of the time I'd be home. Um, so as long as there's no snow in the ground, and even if there is, it's, you're just trying to maintain fitness at that point. You're not trying to build right. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's the part I used to find difficult is, is when like here in Canada after Ironman Canada, which would be in August, it used to be in August, the end of August, like people like shut down. It's like all your training partners mm. are like going into hibernation mode. The weather's changing. It's getting darker. It's raining out. Like, so there was definitely like a mental factor with that. Like even with, so I would often go and do, I know this is a total pro thing. This is not going to help any single age grouper, (laughs) but anyway, and then I would go to Tucson for a month and train and that would help. But like the sunshine itself, like rather than the actual, like, I don't mind training in the cold. I actually quite like it, but, um, 
I used to find that would get me like the short days in the. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, if, if you're trying training for Ironman, if, it, if it's getting dark at four, um, mm-hmm. that makes it really, really challenging. So yeah. Just totally. having a couple of extra hours. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's definitely the big part. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. Cause, um, uh, I think if you try to be fit from, you know, April until December, Mm-hmm. Like you're, you, you pay for it the next season. So I don't know. Did you, did you try to intentionally have kind of a later start when you did those late season Ironman races or you know, not really try to, it's yeah. a funny term, like, because I was someone who like, I had so many seasons in which I would have a pretty decent race, like early-ish, you know, mm. or in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then like, not, not that I like, I'm saying I would peak too early, but then I'd like freaking overdo it and end up in Kona like a disaster right yeah. like so I've been like I've made every mistake in Kona like I've been totally overtrained I've been underfed um I've been like I think everything right the years I did the best in Kona when I did like another race like a month before and then like added it on like some kind of bonus because I accidentally qualified or something that I did hmm. that I did like that I came like 20th big like I came 20th 22nd where I like and by good race I mean I held it together and finished. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I mean by good race. Um, and then like other years, I would just, I just was trying too hard, mm. honestly. So then, and then, so then like the end of season ones, like that, like what we're talking about for me would often be like, there'd be like some kind of disaster in Kona. I'm walking on the Queen K in my mind. It's like, what other race can I do now? Right. Then I have a little bit of rest do another like 10 day build or something and boom, go into an Ironman where of course, like a revenge Ironman is always a good Ironman. Like that was always good for me. It is always interesting seeing Arizona or Florida. <laughs> those, those are kind of the, all right, Kona did not go the way I want. This is <laughs> redemption. This is my redemption race. Yeah. Um, how many people tend to do that and do it successfully? It is really, it is. It's crazy. Like it almost got to, to the point for me where I was like, I need to like plan to shit the bed on a race so that like, the, that's not the main race. Right. So that like the next one, or like, boom. Like yeah. it's, I knew that there was a problem with that mental strategy. <laughs> clearly <laughs> but I noticed it as a pattern in me you know yeah. that if I did have a shitty race or something I was unhappy with boy was like I was on fire for the next one well you knew the fitness was there and sometimes it just takes you know a little dialing in mm-hmm. and something too like this thing with the Ironman like sometimes if you if you'd come in this is for me especially earlier in my career like you come in super fit and there's like expectations you know mm. that I'm out on the bike and I'm like oh, it's not going like I planned or you get it flat, something goes wrong, right? And you're just sort of like attached to the outcome. Whereas like the second one, the, the makeup race, you're like, as long as I finish today, everything will be fine, right? Which is kind of like partially the right attitude for Iron Man because if you're like committed to finishing, like that's the first step, right? right. Like, so like when something goes wrong, you're like, it doesn't matter. I'll fix this flat as quickly as I can and I'll get back on the course because yeah. I'm committed to just doing my best and finishing today, right? But like that does work as a mental strategy for Iron Man. Well, not even Iron Man. So short course, the number of athletes who were like, oh, you know, I was sick last week or I had this little injury going into this race. And then they just surprise themselves with mm-hmm. an incredible result. You do realize how much expectation can hold you back. And just like, totally. you know, having kind of an out 
Yes. Just all of a sudden you open yourself up to the possibility of just absolutely racing to your potential. Yes. It's so interesting. It's the same. Like now I think about it in business or whatever, cause there aren't as many like hard deadlines, like, mm. like a race is a hard deadline, right? I might get ready for like two big races a year when I was right. racing Ironman, right? Like that's not very much to focus all your attention on for a whole year. Um, but like in business, you're like, okay, like if you try a certain strategy or do a certain launch, it doesn't work or you haven't pitched something right or done something, you can like try again, mm. you know? And you can like, if you're committed to the idea that like, okay, this is going to work, we're just going to figure it out. You can like pivot and try things and whatever, like that sense. Like I actually think potentially that my pro career, well, of course it will inform everything that either of us do moving forward, but like having that experience, right. Actually makes me um, good at like those little fails you know, mm. that like as athletes, I think we can all appreciate that. Like the little fails in business, like to me, it doesn't, they don't seem like fails at all. It's like, I just learned something and I move forward. Yeah, right. It's practice. It's, yeah. It's not like I spent a year focusing on something and then went out and, and walked on the queen K like, <laughs> 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 so whatever. Yeah. But you're, you're totally past it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm over it. I let it go. Can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay so let's take a little break and we'll talk about road trip woes if we were riding is a feisty podcast remember to follow us on instagram and facebook at if we were riding and we love hearing from our feisty friends so please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com that's sarah without an h Right, so just grab your phone, record an audio file, and email it to me, and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. All right, sir. So next month, I mean, we've, we've been talking about, you know, the pro athlete lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are picking up uh, our lives and going down south for a couple months. Mm. Um, and obviously it's vastly more complicated with a little one. Um, and I'm, it's all starting to settle in like, okay, normally I do not pack lights. (laughs) So I normally have a couple of bikes and, you know, I'll bring like a bike trainer and we have a dog and we have everything, you know, clothes and everything. And now it's okay. Well, we also have a person with like a crib and you know a stroller and everything i'm just thinking like so we're going to bentonville arkansas um that's where our gravel festival is that we just launched i know so good well oh you'll have to give me all the updates on what it's like down there yeah i we've never been there so like just the level of uncertainty i'm just trying to roll with it we're going okay. to some place we've never been before mm-hmm. uh, with our dog and our son. And it's going to take a couple of days to get there. And mm-hmm. I guess we stop every two hours or something because, you know, like they're pretty needy at that age. Just baby. Mm-hmm. But then I get there 
and you know my support network so i i have family in town here mm-hmm. and they help me out a little bit you oh. know so all of a sudden like i don't know anybody down there mm-hmm. and you realize how i mean i guess it's not like we're it's it's not exactly equivalent but you realize how tenuous things can be mm-hmm. um and you know thankfully like we have a place that's rented. Hopefully it's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> but we've also had situations where we've rented Airbnbs in the past for training camps and it's kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, but now the stakes are just so much higher. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I'm going to have to do a lot of research in advance. Mm-hmm. to make sure that the level of uncertainty goes down a bit. So, mm. so what kind yeah. of research, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, like, I don't know. Um, I have to start. So just even where my, where do I go for a bike ride? Where do mm. I go to run? Cause I don't have the time to, when I'm there, like I need to be taking care of Hawk. Like I can't mm-hmm. be, doing research about Mm. where to run or ride yeah you know where to swim like while i'm there Mm -hmm. because my hands are full um you know if if i need child care how do you find child care in a community where you don't know anybody maybe someone knows someone in bentonville maybe we can like yeah so (laughs) i did hire i did hire a contractor in bentonville she's called amy she's amazing she's running logistics for the gravel summit maybe there's like a someone who knows someone yeah that's what you want with childcare, right like you want totally trustworthy like you don't want it to be like come off craigslist you know yeah no and exactly like somebody who you have a mutual acquaintance kind of Mm -hmm. like vouch for them Mm -hmm. um yeah Okay, well, I'll mention it to Catherine, who's actually in the other room right now. Awesome. And um, see if we can find you. Maybe there's a listener who knows someone in Bentonville who knows someone who can get connected for you. Yeah, that would be. But you realize how how much you need as a, you know, a little family unit, like how much stuff you have. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to finish off with a story about vomit because we started there. And it relates to your exact problem. Bring it. Okay. So like what I used to do, like we, I would go to Tucson in the winter. Right. And Rosie's dad didn't like to travel that much. Um, So what I would do is I'd recruit like a, I had a couple different friends in this category who were really great at like being a training partner and also helping with the baby. Right. And then after she was about 11 months, not as young as Hawk, like at about 11 months or yeah, she was born in November. So yeah, it would have been like she would have been 13 months probably or 14 months by the time I took her to like a, um, like a daycare in Tucson. Right. And the daycare in Tucson had like only Spanish speaking. I probably told you this before, like only Spanish speaking women that worked there. It was amazing. Like one, like one of Rosie's first words was C like, That's awesome. like her first in her top six words was like C because we brought her home from daycare one day and I had her in her high chair sitting there. And I was like, Hey Rosie, like, are you hungry? C. <laughs> that's adorable I was like what did you just say (laughs) so cute um but anyway so like as you can imagine this like it did put a lot of stress on like it's me and another adult we're both trying to train right Mm -hmm. and we're taking her we are we both we were taking her probably for five hours a day to take care um 
But um, if something went wrong, it really went wrong. So one time Rosie got sick, she had a fever and we took her to, we took her, we got her meds, whatever. But then Julie, my friend who was with me and myself both got the sickness too. And it was like brutal. Like it was like fever, vomiting, like horrible, horrible. And I can remember one time, like we were taking, we were all, all three of us were sick. We were, we had Rosie in the back, um, in the car seat. We were taking her to the doctor and she vomited like all over herself, all over the car seat, all over like, and Julie and I were deathly ill. Like, just like we got home and we like, I like, we had to like, one of us, like we all had to have a shower, right? (laughs) Like the car seat had to have a shower. We had both showers running. Like it was, we were so sick. Like we could barely stand up. Like I like, we took turns with Rosie. Like, so we stripped Rosie naked. Right. And I remember like just all of your, it was almost this moment where like all of our sense of like adult dignity just like disappeared. And I remember like crawling out of the shower. I had been scrubbing the car seat, like in the shower with me, I was naked scrubbing the car seat, whatever. Julie had the baby in the other (laughs) shower. She came over. I like crawled out of the shower, stood up. We're both naked. She's (laughs) handing me the baby also naked. Like it just like, It was like a moment. Like it was one of these times where I'm like, oh, I have lost all sense of like, like this is all for like Iron Man training. Like something's not adding up here. (laughs) Oh, so the takeaway I get from this is while it might be cool that your baby learns a little Spanish early, maybe daycare as a professional athlete is comes with some potential negatives excellent that is an (laughs) excellent take home um the other thing is like for me is like no regrets like when the option oh yeah yeah. home in the cold you know and we were like like i'm forever bonded to julie like because of this event like because like honestly it was like that there were days like she was so sick she couldn't speak like (gasps) she's like i uh sarah sorry i'm like can you go to bed please like just you know like it was yeah it was like legit <laughs> like what okay this is this is before apps for everything so you couldn't have like instacart bring groceries so when you're that sick and there are two adults who are that sick yeah actually we did you... we did have instacart bring groceries it wasn't instacart but it was i don't even know what that is okay honestly. but we yeah. did have groceries delivered yeah um we did go, we're also Canadian, so we don't have like healthcare. Right. So we go, we went to the healthcare, like to the um, clinic, right? Like to do a drop in, whatever. And they like typically I actually learned a lot about US healthcare. They typically have like a secondary um, tier for like non insured people, right? So it actually didn't cost us that much money. It was like a hundred odd bucks for each of us to get checked out. And then like what they do is they like, it's insane for me as a Canadian, it feels crazy. Like, because they don't want you to have to come back and keep charging you, right. Because you don't have insurance. They like, they just give you like any medication that you could possibly need. So like, I walked away with like five prescriptions, like <laughs> it was like antibiotics and anti-nausea drugs. And like, I didn't take half of the codeine for the pain. Like it was a really bad illness. I actually forget what it was. Like it was some kind of wow. flu or something. It's really bad. And, and like some of them I didn't take, like I probably still threw out that codeine like five years later that I just never took, but like, man, like, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, now, sorry. That was like, now not I'm an super scared story. of daycares. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, thank you. All right. Well, listeners, if you have any <laughs> non-daycare tips for me, uh, for Bentonville, or just want us to share, you know, experiences in life with their bodily fluids, this is the bodily fluid episode, I think. Uh, please leave us a message. <laughs> Make it as gross as you want because Sarah's going to be the one who listens to it. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.